Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and colleague and the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, have the pleasure and the opportunity to present to you some things from God's Word. Uh, as you know, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, uh, talking about the characteristics of uh, the citizens of the kingdom of God, and uh, it has been a challenging study. Uh, we are coming rapidly to the end of it, or maybe some would say not so rapidly, but uh, we're certainly coming to the end of that, and we've enjoyed it. It's been challenging. I hope that you've been able to study along with us. Uh, we've said, I think, every podcast, uh, if you really enjoy this, and I hope that you do, uh, talk about it. Uh, talk about it uh, affirmatively to your colleagues at work. Talk about it to people in your neighborhood. Talk about it to your fellow students. And say, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast, and they talked about this passage. And, you know, in that way, you can spread the word yourself, and you also can turn them on to this so that they themselves can experience this firsthand. So just very thankful for that. Thankful for our two deacons, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, and for their abilities and their uh, talents that they've lent to us to enable us to bring this to you in this format. So really appreciate that. Looking forward to diving into Matthew 7, 13 through 14 this time, but before we do so, I want to give my brother an opportunity to say a few introductory well, remarks. You made a remark about the pace at which we're, <laughs> we're studying, and it, it may seem slow, but but really, uh, the passage is so rich. It is, so, it is, it is. It's, it is. it's so... It's worth that, yeah. Yeah, it's so worthy of uh, due consideration. We're spending 15, 20 minutes That's right. a session on it. it. It takes a little while to kind of discuss a passage anywhere close to adequately, Amen. make some good applications on it. So... You know, the, the pace is fine, that's as right. far as I'm concerned, anyway, Amen. Uh, for what that's worth. But uh, we, we hope people are, are with us, mm -hmm. thinking along with us, uh, and uh, giving these things due consideration, Absolutely. applying them to, the, to our lives. You know, we're, we're applying them to our lives uh, in a useful way. And uh, so that's, that's what we're driving at. That's exactly right. Well, let's read Matthew 7, 13 through 14. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says this. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So a very a stark uh, description of the two paths, and, and note that there are only two paths in life. Uh, there is a wide gate that, and a wide path that leads to destruction, and then there's a narrow gate and a very strict and difficult path that takes us to life. And those are the two choices. And I want to emphasize that word choices because he mm -hmm. says, enter by the narrow gate. So he's suggesting that we have the capacity, we have the ability to choose which of these two paths. And so when we end up at the end of one path or the other, we really can't blame anybody else. We certainly can't blame God. Sometimes you hear people talk about that because let's, let's be honest here. What we're talking about is heaven and hell. Those are the two paths we're talking about. Destruction is hell and uh, life is heaven. And so you hear people say, how could a loving God send anybody uh, to hell? And the answer is we send ourselves there. He's saying, I'm giving you these two options, as has always been the case in the scriptures, and you've got to make a choice. And you choose which one you want to, to do. And so uh, it's, it's a very, and, and we'll say this too, notice the distinction between the two paths. Even though there are two choices, anybody can make them, he says, I want you to look at this choice that leads to destruction. There are a lot more people on that path than are on the narrow path. And this path that leads to life, not a lot of folks on that. And he goes on to say, why? You know why? Because it's tough. It's difficult. So the Lord is telling us, you have, you're empowered to make a choice. And you're going to live with the consequences of that choice for all eternity. 
And let me tell you that the way that leads to life, which most people want, they want that eternal life, they want uh, reunion with God in heaven, he says, that's going to be the difficult path. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to take the difficult path. Well, that's a good point. I think, you know, it, it, it is demanding uh, being a disciple of Jesus. Uh, just about anything worth having mm -hmm. is demanding. It's that's not what people in our age want. Maybe right. it's always been that way. Uh, we want we want it to be easy. Mm -hmm. uh, we we will kind of want to put it in neutral and coast, right. you know, but that's just not the way it is. It Jesus makes demands of us that are difficult. And of course, he tests our loyalty that yes, way, doesn't he? That's right. And so uh, we have to make a choice between things of this world, whether it's yes. family or material things or, you know, pleasure, whatever, or Christ. Yes. It, it, that's the choice. Mm -hmm. We want the, the immediate yeah. fulfillment yeah. and, you know, what's right here at hand. Uh, the e we, we don't want there to be serious consequences to right. our actions most yeah. of the time. We want it to be easy. But Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, there are some difficult choices you have to make. You know, I was thinking, uh, Bob, about this, and let's talk a little bit about why it is so difficult to choose the path, the narrow path that leads to life. And one of the things I thought about was 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And that is a difficulty for a lot of folks. Uh, we have a tendency to be short-sighted, both literally and spiritually, in terms of looking at what's in front of us and making decisions based on that. I couldn't help but think back in the Old Testament when you had the 12 spies who went out to uh, scout the land of uh, Canaan. And you remember that uh, the 10 spies, they said, well, we, we've seen the fortified cities and we've seen the giants. And in the face of those giants, we look like grasshoppers. And then you had Joshua and Caleb and, and the thing about that is, it's not that they didn't see that. They saw the fortified cities. They saw the giants. And they saw that relative, there was this huge height differential. They saw all that. But they saw something else through the eyes of faith. They saw the saving hand of God. And that's what it makes so difficult is if you're not a person of faith, if you're not a person who's going to trust God, if you're not going to be able to put the spiritual lenses on, then you're going to make a lot of poor decisions that are not going to be on that narrow path. You're going to have a hard time. Now, why is it that I have to go to services so often? And why is it that I have to worry about the language that I use? And why is that I have to worry about how I dress? And why do I need to be studying this book all the time? And why do I need to be praying so much? And why do I need to be so humble? And why do I need to control these lusts and everything? It's going to be hard to see that because, again, if you're looking at it with the eye of sight, the Lord says, that's not how you walk with me. That's not how you get on this path. You're going to have to have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so that makes it difficult. If you're not a person that's in the book and building your faith, you're not going to be on this path. Right. I think about the rich young ruler. You know, sometimes yeah. what makes it hard for us <clears throat> that's right. is that we're not as committed yeah. as we think we are. Yes. So the rich young ruler, Matthew 19, yeah. mm -hmm. comes to Jesus and says, you know, what, what good thing shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? I, I, I'm confident. Yeah. He thought he was ready to do it. You yeah, know, he did. He, I'm committed. I'm, hey, I'm all in. And whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, right. I'm ready. Right. But what he found out was he wasn't as committed as he thought he was. And exactly. so when Jesus says, sell what you have and give it to the poor, he went away sorrowful. Right. Well, that happens to us sometimes. It and does. so that, that makes it hard. It does. Because we haven't set priorities as firmly as mm -hmm. we need to sometimes. And so... You know, a lot of times we have, you know, if our priorities are set, our choices are easy. Right. That's because, right. you know, if we set priorities, our choices, you know, they, they come easily. Right. We don't have any trouble 
uh, deciding between taking care of a sick child and cleaning out the garage, you know, because <laughs> our priority to the child right. comes right. before the garage. That's so once right. you set your priorities, uh-huh. the decision's already made. It is, it is. So we haven't set priorities firmly enough. Right. And so that creates conflict mm-hmm. when priorities conflict and Absolutely. choice. And so that makes it hard. So yeah. if we can just make that those commitments set those priorities, right. then when these issues come along, well, the decision's made for us. That's an excellent point. Matthew 6, 33, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things be added to you. So if we truly sit down and say, you know, the most important thing to me is God and his will, uh, then as you say, the decisions that come up have already been made. But as you say, sometimes maybe we think we're more confident, more committed and devoted than we truly are. Another one I think that makes it very difficult is self-control. And it's very clear that in the Bible that the Christian way, this narrow path, is a path of self-control. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. I love what Paul has to say about the role of self-control in a Christian's life. And it does make it more difficult to walk that narrow path. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll look at verses 24 and 27. The Bible says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I, listen to this, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. As Paul often does, he uses the example of from athletics. He says, you know, if you're running a race, everybody is running for the prize. And you run in such a way. There's a way that you run, a disciplined way, a focused way that you're running to get that prize. He said, now, they do all that. They exercise all that temperance, all that self-control, all that self-discipline for a perishable crowd. It really isn't worth a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. He says, but we in the race for eternal life, we're going for an imperishable crown. So if we, if we see these folks who are running for something that's minor, exercising self-control, how much more so we in our spiritual race uh, for heaven should we exercise spiritual uh, or self-control? And then he goes on to describe that self-control. He says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. If you think about all the various lusts uh, that we have uh, for appetite and lust of the eyes and the sexual lust and temper and our, our, our mouth, it is all these things. And Paul says, you know, I discipline those things. I bring those things in subjection to the law of Christ. And so I'm going to exercise my mouth within the law of Christ. I'm going to exercise my appetite within the law of Christ. I'm going to exercise uh, the sexual uh, appetite within the law of Christ. Everything's brought into subjection. And then he says something that's pretty startling that that goes to the heart of how important self-control is. He says, you know, if I don't do this, if I don't do this discipline in the body and bring subjection, this is possible. Here I am, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've done all this preaching, all this teaching, led so many people to Christ and been the vessel for salvation for so many different people. And at the end, I could lose my own salvation because mm-hmm. that's when he says, I myself should become disqualified for what? This imperishable crown, which is eternal life. So he could do all this great work. And if he doesn't discipline his body, he will miss the crown that he's preached to everybody else. Just an interesting way of saying it in verse 27. I discipline my body. You know, that's, that's difficult, isn't it? To practice that discipline. Absolutely. That discipline every day. And I, I make my body my slave. And mm-hmm. so there, we, there's two parts of it. You know, there's the mental activity. Yes. There's the me. Yeah. And the body right. it belongs to the me. So yeah. I discipline my body. Right. And so my body's not in control or that's shouldn't right. be. It shouldn't be. The impulses of the body and the desires of the body. So often in the world, that's what's in control. That's exactly right. Well, I have this bodily impulse and I'm going to satisfy it. 
Well, that's that's not the picture you get here. It's right. the mental yeah. faculties about us. That's right. Controlled by the spirit. Yes. Uh, that controls the body. That's what self-control is, it really. Is, it is. So when we get to the point where our, our body does what we tell it to yes, do yes. consistently. Yes. Now we're practicing Absolutely. discipline and self-control. It's not easy to get to, the, to right. that point, right. but we can get better at it. And you can get better at it all along. We can do it, absolutely. Another thing I thought that makes things difficult, and that is that, and you mentioned this more ago, the, the Bible demands that we put God first. And one of those examples, Matthew 10, 34 through 39. And again, this is just another example of how this narrow path is, is difficult for some. In Matthew 10, 34, 39, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. There's some very difficult teaching here where Jesus mm-hmm. says, Look, my teaching is going to pit family members against each other. And as you said a while ago, I like your word about a test. It is a test when there's a discrepancy between our loved one and the will of God, who are we going to go with? And Jesus says, if you're going to go with your loved one, you're not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's tough. And that makes it tough for a lot of folks out there that are willing to compromise truth, compromise the things that they know, to come to the defense of a spouse, come to the defense of a child, of a parent, whom they really know in their heart of hearts is wrong but they value that person's well-being emotionally and the relationship and trying to make more so than they value the will of God. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be the kind of people as much, certainly the Bible teaches we're to love our children, we're to love our spouse, all of that's part of the teaching. But you know who we love more than our spouse mm-hmm. and our children? It's God. Right. And there are a lot of people who struggle with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I think that makes it hard for us on a kind of a day-to-day basis and being a disciple is we don't do the little things mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. that produce success. That's a great Everybody point. wants to be a strong Christian, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but okay, are you reading your Bible daily? Exactly. Do you spend time in prayer daily? Yeah. Do you spend time thinking about and meditation or contemplation daily? Are you doing the little things yeah. every day? I would like I'd say sometimes I would like to have run a marathon, right, you know, right, right. I'd, I'd like to be in a position where I can, yeah, I, I've done <laughs> yeah, that. Back in the day. <laughs> but what I don't want to do is get up at 4.30 in the morning yeah. uh, when it's raining and go out and train. What I don't right. want to do is in the heat of the day, you know, stop what I'm doing and go out, go out and train. So I don't yeah. want to do the little things every day that are necessary to exactly. accomplish the, the bigger goal. Yeah. And we do that in our spiritual life as well. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to be a... Uh, a strong Christian. I'd uh-huh. love to have better Bible knowledge. Uh-huh. Okay, are you doing the yeah. little things every day? That's a great. And point. if you're, and that makes it hard. But if you're doing, if you're doing those things, if you're in the Word, if right. you're praying, if you're thinking about the right kinds of things, right, that's going to make our life much easier Absolutely. as a Christian. You know, when you said that, I was talk, thinking about, I remember seeing an athlete, and they were talking about the success that they had, you know, winning the Super Bowl. And they said, you know, this really started back in January of yeah, last year. absolutely. And all the training camp and all the eating right and all this. And you think about, you know, January. I mean, you're several months away from even starting the season, much less the Super Bowl. And yet it's just what you're talking about, doing the little things all along the way. We want to be that Daniel in the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego, and, and we may have those opportunities, but there are things that we do every day, routine things, as you said, studying the, the Bible, uh, meditating upon the scriptures, having a strong prayer life, um, exercising self-control. Regular worship attendance. Oh, absolutely. See, those are the things that put us in a position that then when we do have to go into the lion's den, we're prepared. Yeah, that's right. But that's right. I, I love that point. Let's do the little things and do it well. And so, and everybody can do that. That's another yeah, that's thing right. too. You know, we don't want to, to end this by, by leaving on a negative note. Yes, it's narrow. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there are few who find it, but there are some who do. That's right. And we can be in that few. It's That's just right. how bad do we want it? Do we love God that much that we'll make whatever sacrifice is necessary? We'll make whatever uh, changes in our life are necessary. We'll control our uh, lust of the flesh. We'll put God first. We'll do the little things on a consistent basis. How much do you want to go to heaven? Yeah, that's and right. if you want it bad enough, you'll do. Think about it. anything else in life. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever. People have done some heroic things for some really minor things like Paul saying in 1 Corinthians 9. So if they could do it for those minor things, how much more so can we do it yeah. for the imperishable crown of eternal life with God? And you're not by yourself. I mean, you've you right. got your brethren to help you. In a lot of cases, you got your family to help that's you. Right. You've got the congregation where you're a member. that They all yeah. help you. You've got, you've got the Lord helping you that's as well. It. And so... It. And so, yeah, it's it's demanding. It's a difficult way, but it, it's doable. Absolutely. We can do it. We don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Just do those things every day, and then the result will take care of itself. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been a good good class. Really appreciate the time and appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, as we do at the end of every podcast, we're going to uh, end in a word of prayer. And I ask my brother Bob to lead us in there. Sure. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for the opportunity we have in this session to open up your word and to study it. Father, we understand that you have made a way available to us. Uh, there are two ways before us. Uh, there is a broad and easy way that's tempting for us, but we understand that it leads to destruction. There's a way that leads to life, and as we look, we see that it's difficult, it's challenging, and uh, hardship comes along with it. But, Father, we understand that the, the result makes the hardship worthwhile. And so give us the wisdom and the courage, give us the strength, give us the determination to take that narrow way, that difficult way that leads to life. And Father, we pray for the opportunity to invite others to come along with us on that straight and narrow way that will uh, show them why it's worth the difficulty uh, to, to take that way. Father, if we find ourselves on the broad way, the easy way that leads to destruction, we understand, Father, that we can change the way that we're on. We can change that pathway. And so help us, Father, to see uh, where uh, this way is leading. It's leading us to destruction. Help us to see that. Help us to see that clearly. And help us, Father, to, to repent of what it is that we're doing wrong. Get on that straight and narrow way that leads to life. We're thankful, Father, that you have opened up this way for us, that Christ has walked this way, and he's shown us the way to to, uh, to go. And if we follow in his steps, uh, we can navigate this straight way and we can enjoy eternal life with him in your presence forever. And so, Father, we ask you to give us strength, to give us courage, to give us wisdom, to give us determination to take the way that leads to life. We look forward to that day, Father, when we can be together with you in glory, in the presence of your Son, your Spirit, yourself, forever and ever. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen.